0: Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and tell others about it, help it to grow, I'm incredibly grateful for that. those of y'all that have joined over on Patreon or financially supporting the podcast and whatever tier you're in, I sure do appreciate that. I'm incredibly humbled by that. And I will try and use your time wisely. Lord, as always, I sure do. I appreciate this time to record the podcast for the people that listen to it and share it be with them and their families, guide them through the day, guide our nation, forgive us our sins, both as individuals and as a nation, and help us to turn back to you, in your Son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. So I had a different podcast that we've been talking about for a couple days planned, and, and it's important maybe even more important to a certain degree uh, about kind of the divide in the country. But we're going to bump that until next week. We'll talk about it at some point. And I apologize if my voice sounds a little off or the sniffles. I've managed to pick something up, so... We're going to go and talk about Pearl Harbor, because today is Pearl Harbor Day, and uh, it's a huge turning point in our country, and it brought us into World War II, much like 9-11 brought us into. <laughs> The war on terror that has stretched off and on for the last 21 years, give or take. And it was a day that changed not only the future of our country, but those of many around the world. And it was a day that, that brought our nation much like just shortly after 9-11, a lot of our nation back toward God. And sadly, it didn't seem to last. It never does. We seem to decide that we want to forge our own way every time. But we're going to read through this speech that FDR gave. It's not very long. But, uh, Just an important little piece of history for our nation. Mr. Vice President and Mr. Speaker and members of the Senate and the House of Representatives. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The United States was at peace with that nation and at the solicitation of Japan was still in conversation with its government and its emperor looking toward the maintenance of peace in the Pacific. Indeed, one hour after Japanese air squadrons had commenced bombing in the American island of Oahu, the Japanese ambassador to the United States and his colleague delivered to our secretary of state a formal reply to a recent American message. And while this reply stated that it seemed useless to continue the existing diplomatic negotiations, it contained no threat or hint of war or of armed attack. It will be recorded that the distance of Hawaii from Japan makes it obvious that the attack was deliberately planned many days or even weeks ago. During this intervening time, the Japanese government has deliberately sought to deceive the United States by false statements and expressions of hope for continued peace. The attack yesterday on the Hawaiian Islands has caused severe damage to American naval and military forces. I regret to tell you that very many American lives have been lost In addition, American ships have been reported torpedoed on the high seas between San Francisco and Honolulu. Yesterday, the Japanese government also launched an attack against Malaya. Last night, Japanese forces attacked Hong Kong. Last night, Japanese forces attacked Guam. Last night, Japanese forces attacked the Philippine Islands. Last night, the Japanese attacked Wake Island. And this morning, the Japanese attacked Midway Island. Japan has therefore undertaken a surprise offensive extending throughout the Pacific area. The facts of yesterday and today speak for themselves. The people of the United States have already formed their opinions and well understand the implications to the very life and safety of our nation. As Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy, I have directed that all measures be taken for our defense. But always will our whole nation remember the character of the onslaught against us. No matter how long it may take us to overcome this premeditated invasion, the American people in their righteous might will win through to absolute victory. I believe that I interpret the will of the Congress and of the people when I assert that we will not only defend ourselves to the utmost, but will make it very certain that this form of treachery shall never again endanger us. Hostilities exist, there is no blinking at the fact that our people, our territory, and our interests are in grave danger. With confidence in our armed forces, we with the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph. So help us God. I ask that the Congress declare that since the unprovoked and dastardly attack by Japan on Sunday, December 7th, 1941, a state of war has existed between the United States and the Japanese Empire. Pretty short little Speech there just a few points to kind of add on folks uh, one the very end of that so help us god you know that echoes to me the oath that i took as an officer in the marine corps that that everybody takes in the military and you end with so help me god and and it goes back to a podcast that we've done probably a couple where we've talked about how oaths of office in our country historically have been tied to that phrase back to God and, and the Bible often for presidents and others. And so even in this, Very short speech we get an idea of the tie that America has to God and it's it's completely unhinged in reality and cynical to the point of absurdity to pretend that all of these little bits of information don't show whether it's implicit or explicit that our nation was, as President Wilson said, born a Christian nation. And and Truman, just a few years, you know, few decades, I guess, a couple decades after Wilson, but close to the speech that we just read, is going to reiterate that again in a letter to Pope Pius XII, that America is a Christian nation. And on this day, when we, ended up losing multiple ships and thousands of lives. That's another little caveat there that, that we forget because we don't teach is the number of lives lost on Pearl Harbor day and the number of lives lost on 9-11, both surprise attacks, both without any provocation from the United States Meaning that we didn't attack Japan, we might have put pressure on them, we did, and and we certainly weren't attacking any Muslim nations, although we might have put pressure on them because of the evil acts that they were committing. But they were unprovoked in both cases, the number of lives lost was very similar. Huge difference, obviously, being that the lives, the majority of the lives in Hawaii were military. Uh, So, In that sense, at least Japan had the courage to attack military instead of civilians and innocents, whereas the Muslims attacked civilians. That was their target, their goal to spread terror. But in both cases, and really getting back to Pearl Harbor, our country turned back to her roots and you, you can talk to people a few that are left that lived through that around that period and you can go back and look at just the state of our country at that point this tie to God when we, when we get to these dark days folks just like in our own personal lives we have to have it. And the more that we reject God, you know, like FDR said in his one of his Christmas messages that we've gone through recently, the closer we follow the teachings of Christ, the more we can claim to seek peace. And so by default, the opposite, logically, the farther away we get from those teachings of Christ, the less we can claim to be seekers of peace. So we're gonna finish this up the last few minutes with a little bit of the State of the Union by FDR in 1942, January 6th, actually. Read a few paragraphs from the beginning. It's rather long, as as many of the State of the Unions are. Just a couple of the first paragraphs and then the last few paragraphs. In fulfilling my duty to report upon the State of the Union, I am proud to say to you that the spirit of the American people was never higher than it is today. The Union was never more closely knit together The country was never more deeply determined to face the solemn tasks before it. (laughs) The response of the American people has been instantaneous and it will be sustained until our security is assured. Exactly one year ago today, I said to this Congress, when the dictators are ready to make war upon us, they will not wait for an act of war on our part. They, not we, will choose the time, the place, and the method of their attack. We now know their choice of the time, a peaceful Sunday morning, December 7th, 1941. We know their choice of the place, an American outpost in the Pacific. We know their choice of the method, the method of Hitler himself. Japan's scheme of conquest goes back half a century. It was not merely a policy of seeking living room. It was a plan which included the subjugation of all the peoples in the Far East and in the islands of the Pacific and the domination of that coast of that ocean by japanese military and naval control of the western coasts of north central and south america the development of this ambitious conspiracy was marked by the war against china in 1894 the subsequent occupation of korea the war against russia in 1904 the illegal fortification of the mandated pacific islands following 1920 the seizure of Manchuria in nineteen thirty one and the invasion of China in nineteen thirty seven. A similar policy of criminal conquest was adopted by Italy. The fascists first revealed their imperial designs. And and it goes on and on folks and maybe in January we'll come back and read this and get a little history lesson of how this all went down or at least a lot of it but we're gonna go to just the last few paragraphs we are fighting today for security for progress and for peace not only for ourselves but for all men not only for one generation but for all generations we are fighting to cleanse the world of ancient evils ancient (laughs) ills. our enemies are guided by brutal cynicism by un- unholy contempt for the human race, we are inspired by a faith that goes back through all the years to the first chapter of the book of Genesis. God created man in his own image. We on our side are striving to be true to that divine heritage. We are fighting as our fathers have fought to uphold the doctrine that all men are created equal in the sight of God. Those on the other side are striving to destroy this deep belief and to create a world in their own image. A world of tyranny and cruelty and serfdom. That is the conflict that day and night now pervades our lives. No compromise can end the conflict. There never has been, there never can be successful compromise between good and evil. Only total victory can reward the champions of tolerance and decency and freedom and faith. (laughs) I really read this just for the last paragraph there, folks. I mean, there's a lot good in it, but That's one thing uh, that FDR noted that we need to come to realize extremely quickly in the United States. And that is that there is no compromise between good and evil. There never has been. You can't meet in the middle with the devil. You can't negotiate with the devil. There's no negotiation between good or evil. One side or the other is going to come out on top. And, and this podcast that I had planned for today, which we'll move to next week, maybe Monday, we'll see. We're gonna talk about those two sides on about six or seven core issues in the country where there simply is no negotiation, there's no reconciliation, there's no coexistence. And just like there wasn't between the United States and Germany, Italy, and Japan. There, there's there's no coexistence possible between those that stand in America today for the values, the evil values of the godless left, and those that stand for our founding faith and principles based on the teachings of Christ. And, and we've really got to come to that understanding uh, because we're we're just giving more time to the enemy every day that we don't realize that. And it's not just the national politicians. It's not just the leaders. Folks, it, it, maybe they lead, but it's the willingness of those to follow, just like the German citizens of the 1930s. It's the willingness of our friends and family and neighbors who go along with those evil values that are taking us straight toward war. And again, we'll end on this. God created man in his own image. FPR talked about it, State of the Union, just a month after Pearl Harbor, at the end of the Pearl Harbor speech, so help us God. It all goes back to God, folks. Whether whether you want to individually acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or not as an American citizen, that makes no difference on the fact that America can't survive without a people that follow the teachings of Christ. If you choose not to be a Christian, not to follow Christ, that's an individual choice that you have a right to in America. You can follow another God. You can follow no God. But as a nation, our public policy, our institutions have to follow those principles of Christ, just like FDR talked about here. We are fighting as our fathers have fought to uphold the doctrine that all men are equal in the sight of God. God the Father of Jesus Christ the Son and the Holy Spirit. Y'all have a wonderful rest of whatever's left of your day, folks. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. So help us go.